In this week we have the uh, this, this week's pastor we have the story of the Nasiyan that each one brought a carbonus on that day that was given to him and on the seventh day which was on Shabbos the carbonus were brought by the Nasi of Shevet Efray so the Medish says about this that there were three things that the Nasiyan did that were not appropriate um, one of them was on sh- that he brought it on Shabbos one of the other things is that, that it was they brought Kteris which usually is a public offering a carbon Sibur it's not a personal carbon yet they each in the Nasi brought it on his own so the Medish says about Shabbos Everywhere else, a yachid, an individual, a, a personal—you don't bring a personal carbon on Shabbos. Over here, they brought a carbon yachid, and it was the Shabbos. So we learned that the from this we learned that the carbon asiyim was very dear to Hashem. In other words, that he sees the medrash describes it as something which was unusual. It shouldn't. It might not have, should have happened. In other words, perhaps it shouldn't have happened. But later. In the next uh, section of the of uh, it says, "Don't say how could they have been mechal the Shabbos by bringing a carbon yachid when a carbon yachid is not deich Shabbos and this one was brought on Shabbos." So Hashem says, "It's not that He decided to do it. I said that I said to Moshe that it should be done." So it seems that from the first one, it seems like that it, that it was not appropriate, at least somewhat inappropriate. But Hashem want in the end, Hashem agreed. In the second one, it seems that it was something that was instructed by Hashem. Was Hashem instructed that they should do this? But it's impossible to say this because uh, how could you say that a nasi Yisrael would go and publicly violate the Shabbos? Then Moshe Rabbeinu was there and party to it and the Kayanim were working to bring the carbon the Levium were standing by singing so it can't be that all these people just simply went there with Mechal Shabbos so therefore we have to say that it was something that was meant to be Hashem did give instruction that that's how it should happen but the reason that he, the Medrash refers to it as something inappropriate is because it was only a one time thing it wasn't, it's not something that normally would be done so that's why he refers to it in that way any other time other than this time this would have been completely uh, awesome, it would be completely prohibited, that's why it refers to it as something inappropriate so we have to understand why, how the Medrashim see this in two different ways one sees it as a as an, a, a good thing that Hashem instructed and was meant to be and so on the first part of the Medrash says it's something that was only a one time thing and it should and uh, other t- otherwise it would be something prohibited the Gemara tells us that the Yidim when they were dedicating the Beis HaMikdash they didn't fast on Yom Kippur that year the celebration overrode Yom Kippur they started the celebration seven days before Sukkot and then it continued for seven days of Sukkot as well 14 days in total which means that Yom Kippur was part of the celebration and they brought Karbanas on that day and they ate and drank on that day and they, the Gemara explains why they thought that they could do that and they took a Kavachimah from the, what happened by the Mishkan that on the Mishkan which was only a temporary dwelling it was only going to be a temporary thing and it was 
it was a personal carbon of the of the nasi, and Shabbos is an isuskila, and yet they brought that carbon anyway. So in the base amigdash, which is an eternal home for Hashem, and the carbon is considered a carbon silver because everybody joined and everybody was bringing these carbonus. And Yom Kippur is only a chi of karis, the penalty is only karis. So certainly that they should do that. So from this it's clear that the Gemara here holds that this was not a hayrash, in other words, only something that could have happened one time. Because if it's only something that it could have happened one time, so then how do they know that it's the right thing to do it again? It's only a one-time thing. If they look at, at the, what happened in the Mishkan as it was the right thing to do, that would have happened and should have happened whenever it comes up. So then they could learn from there that they could do it as well. But if it's only a if it's only a one-time thing, how do they know that it applies now? So it comes out that the difference between the first shot of the Medrash, which calls it Shaloi Kahigan, inappropriate means that it was a one-time thing, a whereas the second, where Hashem says, I instructed that it should be done, means to say that it was meant to be and the proper thing to be and the appropriate thing to be and it's not only a one-time thing it's something that should this occur again it would, uh, it would be the correct thing again so how to explain these two divergent opinions in this so there are two ways to explain it the Gemara uh, discusses that there is a machlekes whether a shevet is called a kohol can one shevet of the 12 shvatim of Klal Yisrael also be considered a community? It's in regards to the karbonists that are brought by if the Bezdin made a mistake and so on, where the Pasuk says call, does it apply to a shevet that did that, or does it have to be the entire Klal Yisrael? So if we say one that we hold that a, a shevet is also a kahol, so then since the, the Nasi of a Shevet was bringing the karma on behalf of his Shevet, so therefore that's on behalf of the call. So it's considered a, not a carbon yachid, not an individual, a personal carbon, but it's called a carbon tzibur, which does override the Shabbos. The other one holds, meaning the, uh, the first shot of the Medrash holds, that it was, it's not called a call, and therefore it's a carbon yachid, it remains a carbon yachid, and therefore could only be as a Hirasha, it would never happen again. It could never happen again. Another way of looking at it. We can agree that everybody holds that it is a call. Therefore, it should be considered a it should be considered a carbon zebra. But the problem is, according to the first shot in the in the Medrash, it was the the Nasi himself that paid for the carbon. He didn't collect money from the entire Shevet in order to bring the carbon. As Rashi in fact tells us that he brought it from his own personal funds and not from the Shevet. So therefore, it still boils down to being a carbon yachid. Whereas the second uh, shot in the in the Medrash holds that even though he didn't collect the money, but he was still representing a shaven, that was the purpose of the carbon, and therefore it's still considered a carbon tzibur, and therefore he could bring it, and if it happened again, it would be the same. So according to this, it would come out that according to the second shot in the, in the Medrash, and the Gemara as well, it, they considered it to be a carbon tzibur, and therefore you don't need special instruction for that, but that leaves the question, if so, why does it have to say that I, I told him to do it and there was a special instruction to do it why do you need a special instruction that simply is the halacha that if it's a, a carbon tzibur it should be brought on Shabbos 
So therefore, we need to understand again what exactly is the difference, the divergent opinion of these two op- opinions in the Medrash. So perhaps we explain it this way. We have to acknowledge that these carbonists that the, that the uh, Nesim brought were a one-time thing. That they should bring, uh, for instance, they should bring Ktairis uh, as an individual as a one-time thing, never happen again. As well as a number of other things in the, um, in the dedication ceremony that were one-time carbonists, never to be repeated again. So the question over here is, what kind of allowance was given for these carbonists, for this carbon to be brought on Shabbos? There's two ways to look at it. One is that we temporarily suspended the, the prohibition of Shabbos in order that this carbon should be brought. It's called we pushed aside the problem, the Isser of uh, bringing the carbon on Shabbos for the benefit, for the purpose of this carbon. Or do we look at it as there was no prohibition on this Shabbos for this carbon. This carbon was left out of the prohibition of bringing a carbon on Shabbos because it was meant to happen. So Hutra, it was completely permitted. Similar to, what, similar to what we find about Pikuach Nefesh, which also overrides the Shabbos, but there are two ways to look at it. You could either say that Shabbos, you're not allowed to do a malacha, but because of Pikuach Nefesh, so we temporarily allow for certain malachas to be done for the benefit of this sick person, this da- person that is in mortal danger. Or do we say that whenever Shabbos comes up against Pikuach Nefesh, the, the prohibitions of Shabbos just go away. There is no prohibition of Shabbos when we're dealing for, with Pikuach Nefesh. And that's what the two Medrashim are d- discussing, they're arguing about. According to the first uh, <coughs> Medrash, which says that it was only a temporary allowance, which will never happen again, it's because we temporarily suspended the Isra of Shabbos for the benefit of this carbon, but it's only seen as an extraordinary thing. It's, uh, it's an unconventional thing and therefore it, it's only permitted for this context and that's why it's seen as an inappropriate thing. According to the other Medrash, it's Hutra. When it comes up, when this karma comes up against Shabbos, it's as if there is no such prohibition of Shabbos in regards to this carbon. And therefore, it's what Hashem instructed. When this happens, this will, this will be permitted for the Shabbos. However, there are two more medrashim which need to be brought into the discussion in regards to this thing. One is in uh, section 13, which is the first, uh, which is the same place where the first medrash that we mentioned is. And there it says, but it says, Zek Karban Nachshin. This is the carbon of Nachshin. So the medrash says, this carbon is Deicha Shabbos, overrides Shabbos, but normally a carbon Yachid. Does, is not Deicha Shabbos. Then there is a fourth medrash on, on a similar subject, which says, it talks about a Pasuk and Eiv, Mi hiktim, hiktim shalim, who preempted me, and now I have to pay him back. So the medrash says, it talks about Yosef, that he preempted the mitzvah of Shmir Shabbos, of Shabbos, and he kept Shabbos even before it was given. So Hashem said, Yosef, you kept the Shabbos before it was given, before the Torah was given. I swear to you that I will pay back to your descendant that he will be Makrif Karbonus on Shabbos 
that a yachid and any other individual is not permitted to do it, but I take it upon myself to accept his carbon in, in your merit. So we have to understand about this message. What does it mean that Hashem says to reward the Shmir Shabbos of Yosef? He's going to accept a Chil Shabbos of his descendant as if that's a reward for keeping Shabbos. It would have seemed more appropriate that somehow he should bring Shmira Shabbos to his descendant, not that he should be allowed to be violate Shabbos, and that would be the reward for Yosef. So that seems to be saying, therefore, that somehow this is construed, this has to be understood as somehow keeping Shabbos, an upgraded level of keeping Shabbos, which is an appropriate reward for Yosef's keeping Shabbos. So you have to understand how. So to explain, there, there are four Midrashim that we are now talking about. Two of them are found in section 13 of the Medrash, and two of them are found in section 14 of the Medrash. The two from section 13 of the Medrash both seem to be addressing the the status, they are addressing the importance of these Karbonus of the Nesim. That's what they're talking about, the importance of the Karbonus of the Nesim, which is brought out in part by the fact that they w- it was also brought on Shabbos. There are other issues with those Karbonus, but one of them is that it was even permitted to be brought on Shabbos. That shows the importance of these Karbonus. As the Medrash says, Hashtay is very dear to Hashem. From here we see that it's very dear to Hashem. Whereas the other two Medrashim, which are in section 14, which one says Hashem is the one that instructed that the, they, this Karbon should be brought, and then the one about Yosef, the whole discussion about Yosef being rewarded, they are talking about specifically this, they're addressing, they're focusing on this Shabbos in which the carbon was brought. They're not talking in the context of the Karbonus of the Nesim, they're talking simply addressing about this carbon that was brought on Shabbos. Meaning to say that the first two Medrashim are talking about explaining how important the, Nesim, the Karbonus of the Nesim are, that they're even permitted to override Shabbos. But the second Midrashim, they are talking about the specific, let's say, the, the carbon that uh, the Mata, the Nasi of Ephraim was permitted to bring on Shabbos and reward for Yosef. So they're talking not about the fact that it's so powerful because it's a carbon of the Nasiim, that's why it was uh, permitted that it should override Shabbos. It's a, it's a matter of Shabbos itself. It talks about that Shabbos even on Shabbos, the Shabbos included that a Nasi, the Nasim had to bring their carbon on the Shabbos as well. In other words, it is a, an element of Shabbos why the Nasi was permitted to bring the carbon on Shabbos, not an element of the importance of the Nasim. And that in itself, to explain that, you can, it can be seen in two different ways as well. One way of looking at it is, that from the from the point of view of Shabbos, this the bringing of this carbon is permitted. In other words, not that because when Shabbos comes up against the powerful Nesim and the importance of their of, of their carbonus, Shabbos steps aside. No, Shabbos allows for the bringing of this carbon. In other words, that whenever Shabbos, when, when this kind of an issue comes up, 
the bringing of the Nasi's carbon on Shabbos, Shab- it was never designed, Shabbos was never designed not to permit that. Similar to what we find, what, that there are sometimes two psukim, like the Gemara says, that the, the Pasuk says, must, that anyone who violates Shabbos shall be put to death. Hashem said in the same breath, at the same time said the Pasuk, and the two lambs should be brought on Shabbos, the carbon Tamid. Meaning to say, and they were said at the same time to teach us that you're allowed to bring the two lambs on Shabbos, the carbon Tamid, on Shabbos, even though it seems like it's a violation of Shabbos. What that means, one way of looking at it is that the prohibition of shechting a lamb on Shabbos doesn't apply to these two lambs. That's why Hashem said it in one breath. It doesn't apply at all. Shabbos doesn't have to step aside for that, for those two lambs. It doesn't apply to these two lambs. And the same would be true about the carbon that the Nasi of Shevet Ephraim brought. Shabbos, when it was designed not to permit the shechting of a lamb, it do, or an animal doesn't apply to this animal that the Nasi is going to bring from the perspective of Shabbos not because the Nasi overrides Shabbos another way of looking at it is taking it a step further the mitzvah of Shabbos includes within it the bringing of the lambs of Shabbos that's part of the service of Shabbos that's how you honor Shabbos that's how you keep Shabbos bringing karbonas which are meant to design to be to enhance the experience of Shabbos so the Shabbos bringing these carbonos on Shabbos are not only not a violation of Shabbos they are a part of keeping Shabbos we find a similar thing feature in the when Shabbos when Pikoch Nefesh comes up on Shabbos how do we know from the Pasuk that if it's a matter of Pikoch Nefesh you're allowed to do whatever, you, whatever it takes even on Shabbos, we learn it from the Pasuk, B'Shamru B'nei Yisrael Shabbos, and the Yidin should keep Shabbos. From this we learn that uh, sometimes you have to do whatever it is, which may seem like violating Shabbos, in order to save a life, so that he could keep for a future Shabbos. But it's learned from the Pasuk, B'Shamru. In other words, that when you do something on Shabbos, which seems to violate Shabbos in order to save a life, that's called Vishamru B'nei Yisrael Shabbos. That's called keeping Shabbos. That's how you keep Shabbos. That's an enhancement of keeping Shabbos. And the same applies to this carbon that, uh, that the Nasi of Ephraim brought. That by bringing that carbon, needless to say that it's not a violation of Shabbos, not even to say that Shabbos completely supports that, that carbon, but that that in itself is a way in which Shabbos itself was enhanced. That's called honoring Shabbos, that this carbon should be brought on the holy day of Shabbos, the holy carbon for the holy uh, dedication of the Mishkan. That's how you enhance Shabbos. That's how you beautify Shabbos. According to this view, now we can understand why Yosef was rewarded by allowing Ephraim to keep Shabbos, to, to bring the carbon of Shabbos. Because his bringing that carbon of Shabbos is not in any way in conflict with Shabbos, to the contrary. It is a further enhancement to the keeping of Shabbos. In fact, 
it's the kind of enhancement of Shabbos that no one else was ever given that opportunity except for the descendant of Yosef, the Nasi of the uh, Shevet Ephraim. No one else was given that kind of an opportunity to enhance Shabbos by bringing this carbon, which in uh, any other situation would have been considered a violation of Shabbos. Here it's considered an honor, a honoring of Shabbos, a shmir of Shabbos, and that's why the, that's the appropriate award for Yosef having kept Shabbos in, a, in an extraordinary way. The Rebbe concludes with a... He doesn't even conclude. He writes an addendum, an addition to this, uh, to this sicha by explaining a semi-Kabbalistic explanation of this reward, what it exactly Yosef accomplished and how deep his keeping of Shabbos was and that that's why this was the appropriate reward. And then concludes that addendum by explaining the why it was Dafka Ephraim that was given this honor from the descendants of Yosef because Yosef means transforming something negative into positive Yosef Hashem Li Ben Acher that's how uh, Rachel named him because uh, she prayed that Hashem should add another son to her but Chassidus explains that what this means is also is that Ben Achar somebody that would be considered a child of outside the fold Yosef that will be he will be brought he'll be made into a Ben he will be brought back into the fold to be called a legitimate son a good son in other words transforming something negative into positive the same is true of Ephraim he called Yosef called Ephraim that name because Hashem allowed me to flourish in the land of my pain that's the same concept in the place where I'm in pain that's where I was given the opportunity to flourish turning something negative into positive and that's why he was chosen that something that normally under normal circumstances would have been considered negative a violation of Shabbos should be turned into the keeping of Shabbos I gave only a bare bones summary of the sikha. It's a very long sikha, very intricate with many details. Um, and still it took 22 minutes. To really see the whole thing, you have to learn it on the inside. It's beyond my ability to summarize it any more than this, any better than this.